Well, good morning. Good job. It was lovely seeing the lights shining out there, a little uh, interactive exercise, and you all did very well. And what a great example of the difference light in darkness can make, the difference that the light of Jesus can make in this world. Well, I'm guessing that there are a few of you here this morning uh, because you maybe saw the social media posts, maybe you received an email that uh, something big was coming, a big announcement was going to be made here at Connect, and you are just dying to know what it is. Well, next week, we will tell you. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, no. You will, you will find out this morning. We're not going to string you along anymore. But um, uh, we, we do have something exciting planned for today's service, something we've been talking about for a long time. So we're excited that today is finally here. I think it's something that you yourselves will be talking about for um, months, even years to come. But the drawback sometimes is when we want you to be here to experience it in person, so we, we let you know, you know, something big's coming, in, that, um, that in your mind, you have some dreams of what it might be. You start to come up with some of your own ideas. Some of you are thinking, is Connect planting a new church? Have they hired a new member of staff? Are they building a water park behind the building? Um, is Casey pregnant? Uh, that, that would be big and terrifying news. Um, all of us are starting to imagine what could it possibly be. And then this morning, you walked in and maybe you saw the decor in the lobby. You saw some of the people in orange t-shirts. You looked at that video we just played and you're like, oh, I know what's happening. I see where we're going. And maybe you're bummed it's not the water park. Well, you may have an idea of the theme of this morning's service, but I guarantee you, you are still in for a great great surprise at the end of the service because while we've been involved in similar um, projects like this in the past, we are doing something this morning at Connect that we have never, ever done before. Something that I'm super excited about, something that I think will have an incredible impact on lives around the world. I think will have an impact on you yourselves. We've actually got a guest who's bringing the message today. Her name is Amy Claire Patterson, but she likes to go by ACP. Uh, ACP and her husband, Dale, they live in the Indianapolis area, and she works on the engagement team for an organization called World Vision. For those of you who don't know what World Vision is, it's a Christian humanitarian organization that goes to the most difficult places around the world to reach vulnerable people with the tools that they need to lift themselves out of poverty for good, while also bearing witness to the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, if you've been coming to Connect for a while, you'll know that we've got a fantastic partnership with Compassion International in Ecuador. That partnership is still strong. We will continue on that partnership with them. But we've got an opportunity today to join hands with another great organization that's impacting the lives of children. And if you've been coming here for any length of time, you'll know that one of our values, one of our strongest values here at Connect is we believe that God has put us in a place to impact the lives of children, whether that's locally, supporting our local schools, District 50, some events like that, supporting organizations like Camp Hope, or whether it's globally, impacting children around the world. We are passionate about making a difference in the life of a child. So with all of that in mind, uh, sit back, relax, get ready, because we are in for a real uh, inspiring uh, challenge this morning. So would you join me in welcoming from World Vision, ACP. 
as a pastor's kid, it is an honor and privilege to share at Connect Church today. I grew up in a small town in Southeast Iowa and I was named after my dad. No, my dad's name isn't Amy, but I guess by the fourth girl, my parents realized they weren't having any boys. <laughs> so David and Amy have the same meaning, not identical names, but the same meaning means beloved. And growing up, I loved my family, being a pastor's kid and the church. My dad is a former gymnast and he has this silliness that would often manifest itself in memorable ways at the church. I can't help but keep myself from smiling as I think about how he would step up on a box and do a backflip on the stage to celebrate hitting a mission's goal. Or the time that he rented a giant inflatable whale to hang from our vaulted church ceilings to swing out of the baptistry for an illustration on Jonah. Growing up, I just was so proud to be Pastor Dave's daughter. The fun he'd bring each Sunday and the people that I loved who were in the church. But as the years passed, I started to realize that the church is made up of imperfect people. Just as I'm imperfect and we're all imperfect. I learned that when you have a group of imperfect people, broken relationships and pain will happen. I watched as the pain caused by the church physically broke my father down to the place that he was hospitalized with pneumonia. My dad, who I had thought was invincible with his strength and athleticism, had been physically broken in ministry. After my dad was released from the hospital on my 15th birthday, he had some choices to make, choices about his future and his career. He's educated with a Bachelor of Science, a Master of Divinity. He had opportunities to lead other churches or continue his education or pursue a different prestigious career. But the choice that I watched my dad make was one of the most courageous and unlikely that I could have ever imagined. My dad traded his pulpit for a mop and became the janitor at the same high school my sister and I were attending. He took a step back doing things that other people didn't wanna do like scrubbing toilets so that I could take a step forward. And rather than choosing to relocate our family, to pursue a career that society deemed better or worthy, in my dad's humility to become a janitor, it ensured two things. One, I could graduate high school where I started. And two, my dad could invest in taking care of his body so that he could be there for our family for many years to come. You see, my dad chose me my mom and my sisters, when he made that unpopular career change that was marked by sacrifice. God guided him to that decision. And over those years, God restored him and used his brokenness to prepare him for ministry to expand his reach as a hospital chaplain, reaching those who are hurting with the love and compassion of Jesus. My dad's choices tangibly modeled the love of Christ and what it looks like to follow God's call to be co-labors and builders of his upside down kingdom. And today we're gonna explore what it looks like for each and every one of us to be co-labors and builders of the upside down kingdom of God. But first you might be wondering, what is this upside down kingdom that I'm talking about? Well, it's the radical and profound principle that as Christians, 
Everything about the Bible we believe in, the God we serve and the Jesus we follow, it's upside down from the world that we live in. Everything about the Bible we believe in, the God we serve and the Jesus we follow, it's upside down from the world that we live in. And those of you who've been around the church a while, you're gonna recognize the examples I will share next. Uh, If you're just beginning to explore Christianity, these are a few highlights, summarizing stories in the Bible that back up this idea. We follow a king who washes our feet. We follow a teacher who uses examples of the Good Samaritan and turning the other cheek. We follow a coach who calls short people to slay giants and stutterers to be his spokespeople. We follow a priest who lifts up the worst of sinners as pillars of morality pointing to their humility and repentance. Do you see it, church? Everything about the Bible we believe in, the God we serve and the Jesus we follow is upside down from the world we live in. And that's why it's so beautiful. There are literally dozens of passages of scripture that I could dive into today that give us building instructions or blueprints for you, if you will, for God's upside down kingdom. But in our short time together, we're gonna turn to Matthew 25, starting in verse 31. In this passage, we will find some of the most clear and powerful descriptions of what I call the two pillars of the upside down kingdom. Two practical things that each and every one of us can do today to be co-labors and builders of God's kingdom. Let's read. When the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, When did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Now for context, this passage is one of the unexpected and upside down ways that Jesus answered the question he was so often asked, how do I get in your kingdom? And he doesn't just show us the way in, he actually gives us an opportunity to inherit the kingdom as a co-laborer. It's not at all what we'd expect from a king, right? What earthly king would say something like Jesus just did? No king in history. Just to enter an earthly kingdom, it'd be riches or troops or land or something else. And that king, I mean, you can forget about him relinquishing his power to give you the kingdom as your inheritance, but what does Jesus say in this passage about entering and inheriting his kingdom? To provide food for the hungry, water for the thirsty, provide shelter for the homeless, clothe the naked, care for the sick, and visit the hurting. 
as we examine these components, they come together to form the first pillar of the upside down kingdom. And it is uh, the fact that we are called to be co-laborers, to restore broken circumstances of the most impoverished people facing overwhelming challenges around the globe. And as we accept this first pillar to restore broken circumstances, we could easily miss the second pillar. The second one's a little more subtle, but trust me, just as remarkable. Do you notice what Jesus did when he called those that are hungry and thirsty, those that are homeless, those that are hurting the people that have the least of these in this world when he called them his brothers and sisters. He affirmed their inherent dignity. Do you know how intentional and powerful the second pillar is? I think Jesus knows that as humans, however much we love him and accept his love for us, we unknowingly protect this lie that lives in society that tells us that people who have less are less. And therefore, if I have more, I am more. But in this small but holy sentence, Jesus completely destroys that lie. He flips, flips it upside down and says, nope, these are my brothers and sisters, my kin. You see, just because they have less does not mean they are less. People's circumstances are not their identity. These folks you're serving, they bear my image and my identity. So when restoring their circumstances, Christians, don't you dare forget to affirm their inherent dignity. And I wonder if anyone identifies with this a bit personally here. It's all relative. Has anyone looked down upon you and made you feel like you are less because you have less? Or maybe it isn't about how much you have or don't have, but your self-doubts and failures. Do these feelings of unworthiness and rejection keep you from accepting and embracing how much God loves you. I know I get caught up in my own shortcomings, my sins and failures, believing the lies that tell me I'm not enough. But do you remember my opening story about my earthly father's sacrifice and his step back to choose me? Let us not forget that you and I have a heavenly father who chooses us just as we are and loves us so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to pay the ultimate price of death in our place and rise again so that we could have eternal life and freedom from the bondage of sin. That is the truth and identity our heavenly father wants us to embrace and live for Christians, this radical truth is the foundation of God's upside down kingdom. And it's radical because God sees all of us and loves us just as we are and chooses us daily. And if you've surrendered your, if you have not surrendered your life to Christ, maybe this is the first time that you're hearing that God loves you and chooses you and wants to have a relationship with you. And that's God's desire for each one of us. And that includes you. And so if you wanna learn more about starting a relationship with Jesus, the prayer team is actually gonna meet you down front um, and come down front after service. But now friends, I just wanna say, we are not saved by works, but we are saved to work or for a purpose, if you will. Jesus gave his life so that everyone, 
including you and me, could not only enter but inherit the kingdom of God as co-laborers and builders of the upside-down kingdom to restore broken circumstances and affirm the inherent dignity of the most vulnerable people on the planet. And if you're just beginning to accept the truth that God loves you and chooses you, maybe you're a little hesitant to accept this call to be a kingdom builder. Maybe you're thinking, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a chaplain, I'm not a missionary, I'm not a this or a that. Well, friends, I'm pretty sure that God hates the I am not statements because to each one, he says, I know you're not, but I am. And Christ is gonna come alongside you and strengthen you and help you because each and every one of us are called to be co-labors and builders of his upside down kingdom. And today I only have time for one more story to illustrate God's beautiful kingdom being built right before my eyes. And it's a story about two girls, Caroline and Melisach. My husband and I sponsor Caroline and Melisach. In 2019, I had the rare privilege on two separate trips to fly across the globe and meet them. These girls changed me as I laughed with them and saw the reality of their worlds. Caroline turned seven earlier this year and she lives with her parents and five older brothers in Wanjie, Malawi. During my visit in 2019, I walked up right as she was handed this crayon and you could just see this joy welling up, to, up inside of her. And it reminded me of my littlest niece who also loves to draw and art. My husband's always encouraging her artistic abilities, sending art supplies and seeing Caroline's joy to draw reminded me that she's just like our niece. And as I met with Caroline and her mom, my heart was full. But as we approached this next scene in her community, I wasn't prepared for the harsh jerk into the reality they were facing. You can see this here. This puddle was the only source of water for hundreds of people and all the livestock. And that water was contaminated from a nearby cemetery. It was making them sick. But two months prior, over 2,000 miles away in Shashogo, Ethiopia, I met Melisech a loving and thoughtful 12-year-old girl who dreams to help others by continuing her education. My time with Melisech reminded me of my oldest niece, from how Melisech taught me how to wrap my scarf just right, and my niece is teaching me about the trends these days, and my niece's big heart to help others, including her mom and little brothers. In Shoshogo, we saw and heard stories of clean water making it possible for Melisech and girls like her to attend school regularly. We saw as parents learn to grow nutritious food. I think we have some pictures of that. And they were able to um, uh, sell it at fair market prices to provide for their family's needs. And World Vision's been working in Melisech's community just three years longer than Caroline's restoring and affirming right before my eyes. As I saw this juxtaposition of these two girls' communities, I got to see broken circumstances restored and inherent dignity start to be affirmed in the process. Now, while I was in Malawi, Hazel, who was the national director, shared a stunning analogy for me for what's happening in Caroline's community. She started by sharing this African proverb, children are letters to the future. Then she proceeded to expand and say, through sponsorship, you are writing letters to the future. 
This brought life to the power of my $39 a month. Um, it's restoring the circumstances of children through World Vision and my sponsorship. My funds are pooled together with other sponsors in the community to help the entire community get clean water and healthcare, education, economic development, food security, all rooted in child protection and the love of Jesus. In Caroline's community, I learned that 42% of girls are married before age 18. But you can see in this sign, it says, give them books, not husbands. Because sponsorship is writing a different future for Caroline and girls like her so that she can dream of pursuing an education and using the gifts that God gave her that I witnessed through the transformation coming to life in Ethiopia and Melisech's community. Do you see it, church? This is what it's all about. Broken circumstances restored and inherent dignity affirmed. And y'all, this same love of God that delights in us and chooses us, then calls us to be builders and co-labors of his kingdom by restoring broken circumstances and affirming the inherent dignity of our brothers and sisters. That same love is now calling Connect Church to partner with Nyololo, Tanzania, and do something that's never been done before. Nyololo is a dry, rural, hilly area where the majority of the people there are farmers, and many of them struggle to provide for their family's needs. The challenges there remind me a lot of what I saw in Caroline's community. Early childhood marriage and abuses take place as kids' rights aren't prioritized, and the unreliable water access means that people are getting water from dugout wells like we saw uh, in Caroline's community and in uh, dirty, dirty rivers that actually make them sick. The world may look down on them and cast judgment and say, you know, they have less and so they are less, but let us not forget that is not how God sees them. That's not how we should see them. This is a community of remarkable people who bear the image of God, who just need a chance. In Connect Church, I'm asking each one of you to write letters to the future by becoming a child sponsor, to step up to say yes to sponsoring one of the hundreds of children's waiting on a sponsor to restore their broken circumstances and affirm their inherent dignity. And for decades, we've been partnering with churches all across the US by connecting them with communities around the globe that have a need and asking each person in the church to sponsor an individual child living there. Typically, I'd invite you to go out into the lobby and choose a child that you wanna sponsor from a display with dozens of pictures of unique children that are waiting to be sponsored. But we've been praying some big prayers at World Vision, big prayers to push us farther in not just restoring broken circumstances, but also discover innovative ways to radically affirm the inherent dignity of the people we serve. And God answered our prayers. He turned our world upside down and our hearts inside out. And he led us to ask us questions that would change everything. What else could we do from the very first step in the relationship between the child and their sponsor to not just affirm, but to radically proclaim to the child and the rest of the world the inherent dignity of these kids who bear the image of the one true king? What would it look like for if the first time in history, they 
we're empowered to choose us. In the heart of downtown Chicago, hundreds gathered who wanted to sponsor a child through World Vision. But unlike so many sponsorship events before, this one was a bit unexpected. Instead of having people choose a kid from a set of photos, like sponsorship's been done for decades, we did something that we've never done before. Now, the choice is theirs. The choice to take hold of their future, to pursue their God-given gifts, to become change makers in their communities, and even the choice to step into a life-changing relationship with you. I've probably watched that video about 20 times now and every single time when that little boy walks into the room for the very first time and sees all those pictures, I'm just, it just gets me right here. The, that, the idea that we're putting the choice in their hands. They have the power, these kids, to choose. This is the family I would love to partner with and connect with. Um, you know, uh, I, I told you at the beginning that uh, we're going to be doing something we've never, ever done here at Connect before. And we have done some child sponsorship challenges in the past, but we've never done it like this. This is brand new. And to partner with just one community like this at Nyololo, I'm still not saying that. Is that closer? Yeah, Nyololo. I'm going to get there. Um, to know that um, this morning, all of us that sign up, we will be partnered with one community in Tanzania. And I, I hope you caught what Amy said there uh, about the difference between those two areas where her kids are that she sponsors, the drastic difference it can make in an entire community when an organization like World Vision, through our support of these children, can go in and help with education and clean water and this kind of thing. It transforms the entire community and changes the future of these children's lives. 
Um, since before we were married, Casey and I, we've been huge advocates of this idea of child sponsorship. We've loved it. We've, we've had many kids over the years through different organizations. We love it. They write letters to us. We write letters to them. Maybe you've seen things like this before and you thought, yeah, but is it really that kid? It really is. You are writing a letter to the child whose picture is on your fridge. And that child is writing letters back to you. That child has pictures of you in their home. They're praying for you. It's just this incredible relationship. When you get to see them grow up and develop and you learn about what's happening in their family and they become part of your family. We've loved uh, corresponding over the years as we've had kids with these kids. They've sent pictures and they've, you know, made drawings for them. Casey and I have also been very unfortunate as part of leading here at Connect. Uh, we've actually been able to visit some of these communities of extreme poverty. We've been to Ecuador several times. Uh, Casey and I, we got to go to uh, visit the homes of the people uh, who lived there in Ecuador. We got to visit our sponsored child. This is her, Sulika. She's older now, but she is just adorable. And we write to her and she writes to us. Uh, through a mission trip a few years ago, my boys were able to go there. Um, they got to meet Suleika. They got to see firsthand that the world we live in here in Washington, Illinois, is a lot different than a large part of the world. That we're actually in the minority living here. That the, in the majority of the world, people aren't as fortunate or as blessed as us. So when World Vision approached us about partnering with them to help this community through the Chosen program, I leapt at the chance. So we got the date booked for today, and, and one of the very first questions they ask us up front is, you know, we want you to set a goal for how many children you think your church will be able to sponsor. And I, I'm always doing this. I want to stretch my faith just a little bit. I don't want to ever be able to do something here at Connect where we can explain how we were able to do this. Oh, we did this because this, this. I want to be able to say, I don't know how that happened. It was only God. It truly was miraculous. So I told them, we're going to shoot for 120 children. We want to see 120 children sponsored. Now, for a church our size, that was a huge goal. So huge that since I gave that goal, I've questioned it ever since. I'm like, well, what if we can't? What if we, you know, I'm doing the math in my head trying to figure out how we can do it. And I can't make it work mathematically. And God reminds me, that's because you need me. If you could make it work mathematically, you wouldn't need me. So I put myself in this place of saying, God, you're going to have to show up for us to achieve this goal. And I love that. Because when I do that, it means that when we achieve these God-sized goals and visions and dreams, I get to stand here on the stage and give Him all the glory, give Him all the praise, say, we couldn't have done this as a church. But because of God, because of the miraculous God that we serve, He gets all the credit. And to be honest with you, that's how I try to live my life. I try to put myself in the place all the time, spiritually, mentally, even physically, of putting big challenges in front of me that I can only accomplish with God's help. I would challenge you this morning, if you're living within your comfort zone and you're a follower of Jesus, maybe it's time to step out of the boat a little bit, do something that stretches your faith just a little bit. This is why I'm excited to share that along with this big faith goal also comes a big physical goal. You see, in this community of Nyololo, uh, it's in Tanzania. Tanzania is a country in Africa. Do you know what else is in Tanzania? Mount Kilimanjaro. 
Yes, the highest freestanding mountain in the world. And I think some of you have already started to figure out where this is going. Together with some other pastors who are also hosting chosen events at their churches today across America, World Vision has invited me to join them on a trek to hike to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. I know, it's stupid, isn't it? (laughs) I leave tomorrow. (laughs) Tomorrow morning, uh, getting on a plane. Wednesday, the hike begins. It's a six-day journey, four and a half days up, a day and a half down. It's going to stretch. And honestly, physically, I am terrified. But again, God, I can only do this with your help. You are stretching me. God, I'm relying on you. I'm trusting you. So I'm excited about that. There's another cool element to it. My son, Ben, who's here this morning, my oldest son, uh, he gets to come with me. So uh, he's going to carry my bag for me, and uh, he's going to do all the work, and I'm going to just walk along behind. So got it all figured out. We're doing this because we want to bring awareness to the plight of these kids in this community. To bring attention to this big faith goal. This big physical goal is to highlight the big faith goal we have of seeing 120 children sponsored through Connect Church here in Washington, Illinois. And here's the most amazing part of this adventure. When we finish the trek immediately after, we will travel to Nyololo. We get to travel to the community where these kids live who we will be sponsoring. 10 days from now, on July 5th, I will be in that room as the kids walk in. I'll get to look at a wall full of pictures of Connect families, people I know, people I love. I'll recognize families from Connect. And then I'll get to watch these beautiful children come in and stand before pictures of you and choose you. And then, once they've chosen your picture, someone will take a picture of them. And two weeks from today, Sunday, July 9th, I'll be back by then. You'll arrive at church that morning, and the lobby will be full of all of those envelopes. And one of them will have your name on. As you pull it down and open it up, there will be a picture of that little boy and girl who chose you or your family. And with it will be a letter. And in that letter, that little boy or girl will have written here's why I chose you. They'll write what it was that drew them to your picture and that relationship between you and that child will begin. Our family, as I said earlier, has uh, already uploaded our picture. I wanted to get in there quick. So we uploaded a family picture from Easter Sunday. Uh, We currently sponsor a child in Ecuador. You saw her picture, Suleika. We want to do another one. How cool is it for us that we now have a child in South America and now another child in Africa who we'll have a relationship with and whose life will be changed forever as a result of just supporting these children. $39 a month. For the two children that we'll support, and that's still less money than I spend on gym membership each month. Have I mentioned I do CrossFit? I don't know if I've ever mentioned that or not. (laughs) Less money than my gym membership will impact the lives of these children forever. So this morning, can I challenge you? In fact, can I triple dog dare you this morning (laughs) to consider as a family saying, we're in. We want to be a part of this. We want to be part of this adventure that Connects Church is on, partnering with this community to transform the entire region by sponsoring one, two, a couple of children in this area together as a church family, by doing something for Jesus, by doing something for the least of these. 
If you've never done this before, let me show you. It is an incredible experience. If you currently sponsor a child with another um, organization, take a leap like we did. Sponsor another one. In a moment when the service ends, we'll go into the lobby where you and your family can get the most epic picture you've ever had taken that will leave here this morning, travel with me to Tanzania. We'll be hanging on a wall next Wednesday at the choosing party. If your whole family isn't here today, you can upload a picture instead. If you've got a great family picture and you want to do all of you together, you've got the choice to upload that picture instead. If you're watching online right now, uh, you can click on a link. You can do it from home. If you're watching this message later in the week, you can do it from home. But don't delay because if you want to be part of that choosing um, party that's going to take place next week, then you have to get your uh, pictures up as soon as possible. So I hope and pray that you'll be a part of this great, great adventure that we are on. Once you've signed up, you'll have a chance to join a private Connect Church Facebook group. Uh, in that group will be other pictures of other families from Connect who have signed up, and we'll get to be on this journey together and see one another's pictures and tell stories. And it's just going to be a great church experience. Like I said, this is something we've never done before, and I really do believe it's something we will be talking about for a long, long time of the impact it's had on us and the impact it's going to have on these beautiful children in this community so far away, because we all want to be seen. We all want to be loved. We all want to be chosen. Can you pray with me? Father, we love you so much. And we love that um, we, we are so blessed, Lord, every one of us. Forgive us, Lord, for the times we've complained about such um, first world problems in our life, forgetting the, the reality is for many in this world, we are incredibly blessed in comparison. And the truth is, just like that story that Jesus told in Matthew 25, there, there will come a day where we'll, we'll give an account for what we did with what we were given. And Jesus, it doesn't sound like we'll be um, looked at for how much we worshipped you, Lord. It'll be, what, we, what did you do for the least of these? What did we do with what we were given? This seems like a very small ask to make, but God, this could make a huge difference in the life of a child. Thousands of miles away. Someone we may never physically meet in person, but someone who a relationship will be started with over the years to come. And someone who will forever be indebted for what we were able to do to help them and their community, Lord. So God, I pray for everyone here this morning. Stir our hearts, Lord. Father, I pray that people will respond and say, I want to be a part of this. I want to be chosen. I want a child to choose me. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.